Wolfpack Ninja Podcast, Episode 30, The Legendary Casey Catanzaro, Part 2. Welcome to the Wolfpack Ninja Podcast. I'm Megan Martin. And I'm Ian Dory. I'm Brian Arnold. And I'm Noah Kaufman, the Ninja Doc. Thanks for joining our weekly conversation about health, fitness, and all things Ninja Warrior. We will be interviewing all of the top American Ninja Warrior stars, and we encourage you to visit our website, www.wolfpackninjas.com. And kids, you can get your free Wolfpack Ninja Cub certificate there. If you like our podcast, please share, subscribe, and like on iTunes. Also, give us a follow on our social media. We're always posting new content, and you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Wolfpack Ninja and on Instagram at Wolfpack Ninja Warrior. Together, we can make the world a healthier and happier place. So join us. Hey guys, welcome back to the Wolfpack Ninja podcast. Really excited for part two of the Casey Catanzaro interview. Woohoo! Yeah, me too. So before we get into Casey part two, I want to get people excited about something that the Wolfpack is doing. We are going to put on the Wolfpack Ninja Tour, everybody, in 2017. And our next event, it's a big test event with 25,000 people in Fort Collins, Colorado. It's the Peach Fest. Colorado's very own Peach Fest is going to be a great time. Come out, play on our Truss Obstacle Course. We're going to have racing lanes and courses for kids all ages. So it's going to be super fun. So come out if you can join us. And guess what? We're doing a Kickstarter. We want to bring this Wolfpack Ninja Tour to you and your family and try and fight childhood obesity and diabetes and get kids into really good athletic and fitness habits. Talk about health and nutrition. So come on out. Please support our Kickstarter. Look to our social medias. We'll be hyping it. We're launching August 15th. And if you can, we've got some great, great rewards on there. Please take part, support your pack, and be a part of the pack. Thank you so much. This week on Wolfpack Ninja Podcast, this is going to be part two of Casey Catanzaro. She's amazing. Did you guys? I loved her interview last week. She is. She's really well-spoken. I mean, she really knows what she's talking about. I thought she had a lot of interesting things to say. And, you know, her message to all the little gals out there, all the little girl ninjas, great stuff. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I think that Casey's message for all the little girls out there who really want to be strong and just follow their dreams, I think is awesome. And I think that she's proof that no matter how small you are, you can do whatever you set your mind to. And I think that's really important for girls to hear because we need more and more girls to just go for their dreams no matter what they are. Actually, I recently had a birthday and at like exactly 12 o'clock, she texted me, happy birthday. Oh, that's <laughs> Just awesome. the first person is I was still awake working. So it's great to be friends with celebrities. And if yeah. you guys can't see because you're not in the studio, Wolf Pup is blushing right now. He has turned red. <laughs> Casey. Ah! <laughs> I know. We're fangirls. We're total fangirls. Absolutely. He calls girls, dude. <laughs> you all fangirls just like me. We love you, Casey. You're amazing. Yep. Ian's a total fangirl. We're going to take a quick break to hear a little bit from our sponsors, and then we'll get back to Casey's second interview. It's too bad there was a lot of confusion out there, uh, and I think the confusion stems from the fact that as ninjas, we always kind of knew the rules and heard the rules, um, but I don't think that was just well understood in the public. They saw Jeff go up there first and complete the course, and 
you know, and, and it's very confusing. And I think both of those guys are obviously amazing athletes. They're obviously both American Ninja Warriors. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's been very interesting. I think you had a, some very good points in your answer. I think you made a good point saying that, you know, actually, now that you mention it, that is something that we got asked a lot before there was a winner was, you know, oh, what if two people make it? Like, do you guys split the money? Do you both get a million dollars? And I guess until right now, I didn't realize that people did ask us that often. And in their eyes, like the one person not getting anything wasn't an option to them. There was always the question like, so do you guys split it or do you both get it? And we answered because like you said, as ninjas, we knew the answer. The answer was no, whoever gets there the fastest gets it and the other person doesn't. And yes, that does suck. But like you said, yeah, I think that we always knew that, but people didn't know that. And I think that yeah, I think it goes uh, it goes both ways. And you know, other people have said that you know, Jeff had a uh, undefeated season. They said he didn't right, fall on right. the course at all. So I think that that's also something for him that it doesn't take away the fact that Isaac was the fastest and that Isaac won and that he was, you know, faster on that day. But, you know, it is something that Jeff should be proud of and that people should know of. Absolutely. He went through an entire season and he didn't he didn't get wet because I know I've always said everyone gets wet. Yeah. And it's like, wait a second, Jeff <laughs> now I can't wet. say that anymore because it's yeah. not true. You know, so I think that that's, that's definitely something that people shouldn't forget about and that, you know, he, he should be very proud of. But when it comes down to it on that day, you know, Isaac, Isaac did it. He was faster. And that happens often where it's just, it comes down to that day and, and what you have left in you. So I think that they both have really, really awesome things to be proud of. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just hearing you and the excitement in your voice and just talking about this, I kind of want to take people back because there was a magic that night that it was palpable, you know, like we were all in the moment. So, and I remember, I mean, you know, I'm sure you and I hugged, we, all the ninjas were hugging, we were all freaking out. It was really, really exciting, you know, uh, just to see it go down because we've been waiting for so long. What was your experience that night? It's funny because when you just said that, I was like, yeah, I can feel myself like getting amped up as I'm talking about it. Oh, man, let's go training. Let's go training. Yeah, I'm like, oh, my gosh, (laughs) let's do this. Like, I'm going to jump on some stuff right now. I can feel that intensity and I I can feel that adrenaline and I can feel back to how I felt that moment when it happened. And it really is just so hard to explain. And it's funny because when, when Jeff and Isaac made it through stage three, I think all of us looked at each other and we said, you know, it is going to happen. Yeah. They're both phenomenal. And we knew like, it's going to happen. If not both of them, someone is going to make it up there. Like, so we kind of tried to prepare ourselves, but to be honest, you cannot prepare yourself for that moment. I mean, you think that, okay, cool. Like someone might win it, but then when it happens, you're just like, wait a second, is this real life? (laughs) Someone really got it? Like this carrot has been hanging on this string for eight years. Like, are you kidding me? Someone really did it? Like I, it was just, it was amazing. It felt, it felt like we were all in a dream. We were all jumping. We're all jumping on each other, hugging. I think I cried a little bit. Like we were all like, it was just such an amazing moment. And I think that none of us will ever forget that. And we, we definitely have Jeff and Isaac to thank for that. Yeah, I remember Brian was just sobbing. <laughs> it, oh, yeah. It, it was, uh, you know, and it's tears of joy. You know, you just want to see, because cause we're all like a big family. You know, it's so much fun hanging out and it's fun 
just everybody's a superhero and we all motivate each other. It, it's just very exciting to be able to hang out with everybody and to be able to see one of your brothers or sisters have that level of success. It's really cool. It's Definitely. Really cool. And I think for the Wolfpack, it even was a different experience because, you know, for me, I love, I love Isaac. I think he's amazing. I've always, yeah. you know, known that he was a spectacular athlete and I was so happy for him. But I think for the Wolfpack to be somebody that you train with and to feel like even just the slightest bit that you had an effect on that person right. and now they're winning, you know, they, they were able to do this. I think that it would be even bigger because, you know, you guys train together, you're there for each other, you know, you're training. If he's having a bad day, I'm sure you gave him a little kick and said, you can do this. And, yeah. you know, you guys being there and him, him feeling like you guys were there, I'm sure gave him a lot of help in accomplishing these things and feeling like people were there for him. So I think, you know, for the Wolfpack, it was even more of a special moment. It was a very powerful team moment for sure. And there was shared success, but you know, you don't want to get too much of that. You know, you want to, it was definitely Isaac, you know. Of course. I know having a support system there for me that that would make a difference. Absolutely. It was an amazing night and there was a lot of emotion there. I want to talk a a little bit about this last season. You, You had a real rough season and you're in the lucky position that you've already had so much success that no matter what happens from that point forward, you are the history maker. But then you had this difficult follow-up season, and we saw you actually shed some real tears because it means so much. And that was really powerful. What's going on in there, and who's the real Casey? What was happening? I think, yeah, I really did have a rough season last season. I think that coming back off of my big season and making history, yeah, <clears throat> there was definitely a lot more pressure. And I really, I felt like I really needed to prove myself more. Yeah. I felt like I obviously in the, the beginning seasons, I really didn't want to let myself down, but coming in, I felt like it wasn't just about me. It was about all those women that came up to me and, and said that I I've inspired them. And it was about all the people that kind of look up to me. And I felt like I kind of had all these people on my shoulders and I really didn't want to let them down. Now I don't, specifically think that in qualifiers, that's why I went down. I think that, you know, the the cargo crossing, I was worried about it before I got up. I knew that that swing was going to be really far for me. It was a huge gap. It was a really big gap, but it was also like the cargo net, it would move with you when you swung. So I felt like I wasn't really heavy enough to get it swinging enough to get me close enough to the bar. So if you watch it, when people are swinging, when they swing up, the cargo net lifts up with them, but it's like a heavy bar. And when they lift up with them, it gets them closer to that bar. And I felt like I I was swinging and I, there's kind of like this kickback on the back end. And in that moment, I was kind of just like, oh gosh, I am just not getting close enough to this bar. And I took the leap anyway, because I would never just give up. Right. And I just didn't make it. And I, I can't tell, you know, I'm sure looking back on it, if I had changed something about my technique or done some, done something differently, I always wonder if I could have made it. But I think that, you know, after my season last season, like you said, I feel like, you know, okay, they kind of gave me a pass in Houston. It was like, oh, you messed up, but we still believe in you. We're going to bring you out to Vegas. Like we still want, you know, you to show everyone what you're made of. And I was excited to, to have that. And I was excited to be given that option and be given that, that wild card. And Vegas was just so disappointing. I mean, something that, you know, it it was the same thing, but even with more pressure now, 
because I had done well and then I had already messed up and they already gave me a pass. So I was like, how many times can you mess up before you don't get a pass again? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and I, and I don't want to pass, you know what I mean? I want to earn my spot there. I don't want to just, you know, be given things. So I think that in Vegas, I was really bummed because kind of like we talked about earlier about not letting people get into your head. And I feel like I did kind of let that happen a little bit in Vegas because the mini trampoline to the propeller was a tough obstacle and it was a pretty, it was a far jump. Oh yeah. And I think that without people meaning to, or without them, you know, being malicious in any way, people kept reminding me how big of a jump it was and their worry for me. And I appreciate that, but I I think that I let it get into my head too much. And when someone would come up and be like, Ooh, Casey, that's a really far jump. Like, Oh man, I don't know if you're going to make, I don't know if you're going to be able to reach it. And I'm just kind of like, oh, oh, wow. Yeah, okay. Like, are you right? Or no, no, like it's fine. You know, so like, you know, I'm like, oh, no, it'll be fine. And then I'm looking at it like, well, that is kind of a big jump. And I I think that I kind of let it get into my head how far it was for me. And what happened was I switched that and I, I tried to do the right thing with it. I tried to say, no, you can do it. Go as hard as you can. So in my mind, I was like, you have to go the absolute hardest you can in order to make this or else you're not going to make it. You have to go hard. Mm. And I had the right idea and I I went hard. But with that, my hurdle, which is the jump onto the mini trampoline, was so much bigger than it would have been had I not been going the hardest I ever (laughs) had been in my life. Right. So I went as hard as I could and I I jumped too far. And that's why I didn't get to hit the, the bouncy part of the trampoline. So it was a really big bummer because I didn't feel like it was something that I wasn't capable of doing. I didn't feel like I pumped out or like I could have trained harder for it or, you know, I just didn't deserve it. I felt like it really was just just a, a mess up. And that's almost harder to swallow because it's kind of like it just really sucked. <laughs> yeah, it you know, and it sucked. But two amazing things happened after that. And I, I noticed a couple things and, and I, I know you did, too. First off is your fans just huddled behind you and really supported you. And then second off is you came back and just dominated on Team Ninja. And to to bounce back, you know, that takes a special kind of strength from, from within. And, you know, you could have said, you know what, I'm done with Ninja. I had my go. I'm done. But you came back and you proved that you're a true champion. And maybe you could talk about that a little bit. How do you use failure and defeat? How do you grow from it? And how do you move on? I think that it works both ways coming back after a season. You know, people had said to me after my history making season, like, you did it. Like, you just, you shouldn't go back next season. And I was kind of like, what kind of inspiration would I be if I was like, oh, okay, I won once, I'm out, you know, and, and not proving how important it is to keep going and that it's not just about one thing. So coming back from that season was awesome, you know, and yeah. it's the same thing having to come back from a season that you're really bummed about. I think that it, it really proves that strength like we talked about and it proves that, you know, I tell people all the time, don't let failure keep you down and use it to make you stronger. And I always just, when I start feeling doubt or I, I start feeling like I'm not sure why I'm doing this, I always think about how that's what I tell people and that I obviously have to follow my own advice, you know, and, and when I say it to other people, it sounds like it makes sense, you know, yeah. don't let failure keep you down and, and keep going after your dreams and you can do it. And I think that, you know, if I tell other people that that's what they should be doing, that I really do need to follow my own advice and make sure that I'm setting that example and that, you know, I'm living it too. 
And you do set a great example, and your fan base proves it. Everybody, I think there's a lot of little girls out there, a lot of young women who want to have, you know, your attitude and your approach towards obstacles and towards, you know, difficulties in life. And you're going to have the successes. You're going to have the failures. And you've, you've shown that, you know, you know yeah, you, you can have this ultimate success. And then you can't be scared to come back and fall the next time. And I'm sure you're going to be back out there again. What are you doing different this year? Definitely. You know, um, I, and earlier, like you were saying about the fans, it's it's really been amazing to have the fans behind me because when I do have those tough moments, you know, I was really worried when I fell in Vegas this past season, like, hey, I messed up twice in a row. You know, I, I really, you know, what if what if my fans don't believe in me anymore? And what if they think that I'm just kind of done and, and that I don't have it anymore? And it really upset me because, like I said, I, I really want to inspire people and I want to be that inspiration and I want to be a good role model. And the thought of, of losing that and losing that role really upsetting to me. And I think that it's been amazing to see, you know, how loyal those fans are and how much they, they want me to come back this next year and they want me to do really well. And I think that that's something that's really helped me to keep training for this season. And if I have a bad day or I get, you know, doubts about it, I just think about how I do want to prove that you need to come back from failure and that you need to keep proving yourself. So I've just been, I've been really training hard this season. I feel like I really need to honestly work more on, on my mental approach of the course. Right. I think that I last season I just put way too much pressure on myself and I, I didn't get to have as much fun. I didn't get to enjoy it as much. And people said that you could see it on my face, the difference between Dallas two seasons ago and mm-hmm. Houston this season. Oh, interesting. Um, they said, they said, like fr- close friends of mine said, I could see it in your face that you just weren't the same. Something was different. And I think that I really want to get back to having fun. Yeah. And I think that that's that's something that I'm working on that I don't want to take going to the gym and training on obstacles as a chore. I want to take it as something fun that I'm going to do. And I want to when I get up on that course, I want to just be not able to stop smiling because I'm I'm so honored <laughs> yes. and like having so much fun to be there. And uh, that's what I'm really working on this season to get get back to that, get back to why you're doing this, because I think it's really easy to forget. Absolutely. And and we're talking about fun. Tell us a little bit about how much fun you had. What was your experience with Team Ninja Warrior? Team Ninja Warrior was so much fun. Oh, man. I really loved it. You know, I, I love the the two guys and the one woman on each team. I think it's epic. I think that it was really fun to have somebody next to you when you're running the course at the same time because I think that it almost kind of brings out a different athlete in people because when you see someone next to you, it definitely brings out this like panic as you're running. Right. So I think it, it kind of pushes people more and, and really tests you a little bit more. Like, what do you have when the pressure is really on? Like when you can't hop off the obstacle and shake your arms out and evaluate the, ne- the next obstacle because that person's right behind you or they're right in front of you. And now you have to go catch them. So I think that the higher stakes definitely cause for a little bit more mess ups, but it definitely causes for you know, a a lot bigger things because people are going bigger because they feel like they have to put it all out there. Yeah. And I think that, I don't know, what do you think? Could it potentially be a future? Oh, I think that anybody that watches Team Ninja Warrior is just going to latch on because it's just so much fun. The intensity, like I said, is, is a lot higher. So when you're watching it, I feel like you can't just be sitting and watching it. You're going right. to be like, oh my gosh, oh, oh, what do they do? How do I, oh. like, you're, you're kind of like, you feel like you're there. Right. And I think that that's what people want is they really want to be connected to what they're watching. They want to care about what they're watching. And I feel like it's hard to watch it and not be passionate over the top about it. And I think that people are really going to latch onto it. 
So, and then, you know, there were some other super powerful women, obviously, involved in Team Ninja. What are your thoughts on some of the other top women? Uh, you know, obviously, Jesse Graff, Megan Martin, Michelle Warnke, and, and so many other top women. What, do you, what are your thoughts about those women? I think that the, uh, the women that have come out have just been outstanding. I can remember after me, when the other girls made it up, when Megan and Michelle made it up the warped wall, I remember people being like, oh, man, like... Oh, oh, are you like bummed that other people made it up? And I was like, are you kidding me? The reason I wanted to make it up was to show that women can make it up. Like I want women to make, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was kind of like this big thing where after that, I was so excited to see all of these women come out and really just keep proving that, you know, we do fit in here with the guys and that we, we even beat them sometimes. And, um, (laughs) I think that, it's been really amazing. There have been a lot of awesome women that have come out, and I think that Team Ninja Warrior really does a good way of sh- does a good job of showcasing that because there is a woman on each team, and you are going to see that head to head battle, and you're going to see them, you know, at their their fastest, at their toughest, at their best. And I think it's going to bring out the best in, in all the women, and I think people are going to be really surprised to see uh, how awesome we do. So after Vegas last year. You know, Megan came back and we were all kind of just talking and having drinks. And she's like, I really like Casey. Casey's awesome. I got a chance to hang with her. What happened? You guys had a little bonding moment, didn't you? (laughs) It's so funny. We really did. And it's funny because you kind of think you know people or you don't really get the chance to get to know people because you know at these ninja events like they'll be like oh yeah like you know so and so I'm like yeah I spoke to him for three seconds before I ran the course I don't really know them and you know I always thought just from watching Megan I thought that she was awesome I never really got to hang out with her and then after Vegas it was like oh whatever the equivalent of like a bromance is for women (laughs) we have to like come up with the name for that I know we need a name Yeah. And then even after Team Ninja Warrior too, even more so, I remember like it was after Team Ninja Warrior, we were all flying home. And then the next day I texted her and I was like, I literally already miss being with you 24 hours a day on the course. Like, oh, that's like cute. It, was, it was so much fun. So we're definitely going to plan a trip soon to train together, hopefully. Yeah, well, it would be super awesome to to train with you guys and have you guys up here. Now, we follow you, um, thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of people follow you. What about the the people who haven't followed you yet? They want to follow you. What are your Instagram, Twitter, Facebook handles? I try and make it easy. They're all just my full name. So it's K-A-C-Y-C-A-T-A-N-Z-A-R-O. So I have my Instagram, my Twitter, my Facebook, and I try and just I try and just keep it fun, but also interesting. So, you know, I'll put some workouts on there. I'll put some obstacles, you know, some of some of my dog, Mr. Mowgli will be up there or just whatever I'm up to. So I definitely try and keep it interesting. And, and I love engaging and answering my fans. So I think that that's a really awesome way to stay connected. Well, it's it's absolutely awesome. I know that we get to have little peeks into your personality, and uh, I, I love seeing pictures pop up. It makes me smile and laugh, and y'all should go out there and follow Casey Cat and Sorrow, uh, definitely. I have been talking with my friend lately about wanting to just do more charity things. Mm-hmm. So I've just been slightly looking into trying to do a charity of kind of like all different aspects. Like Bren and I had talked about maybe doing a t-shirt with Mowgli on it, mm-hmm. and then all all of the proceeds will go to like an animal shelter or kind of like going to visit certain charities and do things like that. So I don't have anything on the radar right now, but it is definitely something that I've been thinking about and want to get more into. So 
I mean, maybe we can all team up. We definitely... Exactly. Yeah, it, I think there's a lot of room out there. You remember that kid, uh, Aiden Murray, who was like in the wheelchair, who had cancer, who followed me around? Yes. So that kid passed away in this fall, you know? And oh. the, it, yeah, the cancer overwhelmed him. It, it took him away. And you know, he, I think it was kind of known. And he was, he was such a cute, good little kid. Yeah. And so it's interesting. We're all thinking about, you know, okay, well, what can we do? You know, already as a physician, it's kind of easy for me to throw some money towards some charity, but definitely it'll be good to try and, you know, try and raise some money for like Aiden and. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, there's actually this little girl, um, Evan, Evan Dollard, um, introduced us to uh, a friend of his, his friend's friend's daughter. Yeah. Um, last time we were in LA, we all went to Tempest, a bunch of us ninjas to see her because, um, she's six years old and she has cancer. And I guess a couple years ago, she wasn't doing so well. So they did make a wish. Yeah. And, and now that they're only giving her a couple months to live because she had already done it, she wasn't eligible to do it again. Oh. So he made his own kind of make a wish. Any of the ninjas that were in LA came to Tempest and met her. She was just, she's just the sweetest little thing. This was just oh, like wow. last week. Yeah. She was sweet. She was running around. Her, her, her family was like crying because they were so happy because they had never seen her so happy in so long. It really was just this amazing thing to be able to see that joy. And now she actually texts me every day and sends <laughs> me these little like bitmojis of her. She FaceTimed me yesterday. Oh, that's cute. And it's just, it's really sweet. And it's scary because, you know, talking about your friend um, that had passed away, it was kind of like when I was there, I was almost trying to, in my mind, not think too deep into it, yeah. into the fact that she was dying. And now that she talks to me all the time, I'm definitely getting attached to her. And I think that it's it's uh, it scares me and it's really sad. And I think that that's good because it should be scary and it should be sad because it should wake everybody up to that, that that's really something that people are dealing with every day and that like we need to do our best to make a difference about. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. A absolutely. And it's, oh man, you know, it, it strikes, uh, you know, your heartstrings when you see these kids who they just want to grow up. They just love their ninjas. They love whatever they love. And, and, uh, and they're just facing this, this horrible thing. It, it, it's hard to see, but I, you know, I guess we, and it gives us perspective too, in kind of a, a sad, tragic way, but we all are on a time limit yep. and we only have so much time to, to really make the most of this life and to make everybody's experience here as happy and healthy as possible. And I think you're doing that. You're doing that, Casey. We, hey, we all are. We all are. And I think that that's, that's, that's a driving force between all of us. You know, we, we want to get out there and we want to, we want to just do good. We want to make a difference. And I think that we're all doing it. There are more ways to do it and we'll find them and we'll band together, but we are at least taking steps in the right direction. And I'm, I definitely feel lucky to be a part of this with all of you guys. Well, Casey, you're absolutely amazing. I just want to tell everybody we've been speaking with the one, the only, the legend, Casey Cantanzaro. Thank you so much for honoring us with your time. You're an inspiration to all. We're going to go out and make sure that uh, we, we're going to be our best to compete with you and, and be at your level. And we want to see you bring your A game this next season. So. Well, it's been so awesome talking to you. I love you guys, and uh, I can't wait to see you on the course this season. Okay, absolutely awesome stuff from Casey Catanzaro. We enjoyed so much having her here. Thank you so much, Casey. You're amazing. Let's take a quick word from our sponsors and talk about what we just heard. 
So, wow, there was a lot of powerful stuff there. I mean, she talked about Isaac and Jeff a whole bunch. She talked about the wolf pack and our moments. That was such an amazing and emotional time, you know, for everybody. And then one thing that I thought was pretty interesting was she talked about how people told her to stop after that season that she was like on top when she basically was on top of the world and she had the viral video and she was like, no, I got to come back. You know, what's, you know, what you can't be scared to fall, you know, or you, you can't be scared to come back. What did you guys think about that? Well, I don't understand that mentality because, you know, I'm on the show. I'm on the show to make myself better. I'm on the show to win. I want to win. And I'm not going to win if I don't come back. If I had like, if I would have not came back after my season five, when I, you know, almost beat the course, I mean, so I haven't beat the course yet. Yeah, I mean, there's this maybe some strategy, some strategic edge that you can pull from it. I mean, if you're transitioning from, say, being a, an athlete more into a model, you know, you've built this platform underneath you and now you can explode into a different arena and make, you know, a living doing something else. It makes sense. Yeah, it's different, right? Yeah, but yeah. as far as for me being an athlete, I want to I wanna win. So I don't understand it personally, but... I feel like as an athlete, you always feel like you can do better. And I think that's what keeps everyone coming back. And I totally get why she would want to come back, especially now with having so many tough runs that it only makes sense to come back and like show everybody that she's capable of doing more. Yeah, I think she is capable of doing more. I mean, she's, oh, yeah, she's definitely capable of doing more. We've already seen it. Yeah, all of us go through that emotional roller coaster you know, after we fail or whatever. And I think that's when sometimes we come up with, I think, ludicrous ideas of not coming back. <laughs> to me, that's just, well, it's just it's crazy. Easy. It's easy. It's like you want to push that away and have it in the past. And it's like, it, it's easily mentally to give up. You have to be, yeah. it'd be really strong to to fail that hard or just in general and then come back and want more. I think it's a personality thing. Yeah, I think that's what separates the, you know, the good people from you know, the the good and the best is guys that drive. We are competitors. Like I would do this show, this course if there was no TV, wouldn't you guys? Oh Absolutely. yeah. The TV side of it actually takes away makes some it of the hard fun. because yeah, yeah. You're middle of the night. The, oh yeah. Absolutely. And think about it. I mean, what if there were like an actual major league ninja or like there is a national ninja league, but what if there was something where like the athletes got paid and it was like this big national thing? It would be amazing, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, that's where it should be. It shouldn't just be, you know, these individual guys running around with a cowboy shooting pistols. It should be something way more organized, way more formal teams, structured. We should all be getting paid. I mean, it should be a sport. Well, we could do it like... Every week or every month, we'd have a competition. Sunday. Like on real courses all oh, the time? Sunday oh. Night Ninja, dude. That's what we need. Yeah, like... I mean, that would be so ideal. Uh, the way it's set up now, it's just such a high-stress thing because you don't get to run courses all the time. So, I mean, I'm all for it. Yeah, that would be crazy, right? To have like a professional ninja league. It would uh, be pretty insane. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I hope someday we get to race, Megan. I'm going to race you. Watch out. We might get to race. Who knows? I mean, who knows what's going to happen in this Team Ninja Warrior that's coming up? We're going to be filming later later in August. That's true. Yeah, I'm sticking around for the next 20 years until it happens. I have to I'm not you. retiring. 
<laughs> no, why would you retire? I mean, there was an article about how Ninja Warriors should be in the Olympics. Did you guys read that? Um, no, but I I'd, I'd, I'd be down. I, I read some. Where was it? Was that that was in the Wall Street Journal? Was it? Yeah, it was something like that. It was crazy. But I mean, then again, you guys, we have all four of us beaten Olympians, beaten NFL players, Major League Baseball players. And it's because, you know, we train this stuff, of course. But it just shows you that it's a real sport. It's specialized. You can't just walk in and do it as, you know, a world-class, world-champion gymnast. No, you have to specialize in a lot of different disciplines in order to expect yourself to win. You got to be great at parkour, great at rock climbing, great at a lot of these yeah, agility. Ninja is a measure of overall. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's an overall thing. It's not a specialized thing. It's not like I can do, I can shoot a, this this basketball in that hoop from this far away. It's yeah. like how many basketballs can you shoot and make it from every position yeah. you could think of? And not taking away from those athletes, they're unbelievable. Oh, they and are. we would just get trampled in their. In their world. Absolutely. But they get trampled in ours. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, I think it's hard depending what sport you come from, especially body type wise. Like football players, basketball players, they're like so much bigger yeah. than the yeah. rest of the people on the show. Like super strong, but I feel like the biggest people who do those obstacles, like the, some of the ATS testers that are like taller and like more built, like they're still so far away from how big some of those guys that come on the show are. So I think it's just tough because it's different type of athleticism and they're so used to doing their one thing. But yeah, I mean, I would never want to be on a football field. Like <laughs> get smashed. Thank you. <laughs> totally. And they probably don't practice for Ninja. You know, kind of like you don't practice that much for Ninja. I was going to say, I mean, I don't practice that much. But... I know, because you're a pro climber. I mean, you're doing like World Cups and like... Yeah, exactly. Like your body can only handle so much. So it's really hard to do too many things. And with travel and working and climbing, it's just, you know, sometimes it's just really tough. It's so amazing how you're one of the athletes, Megan, who can dominate at both sports and not take away too much from either. I try my best. I wouldn't always say that I dominate, but I definitely I try my best, and that's all I can do. Well, Casey Concatenzaro was absolutely phenomenal. She's definitely up there with one of our best guests so far. We've got really exciting show ahead next week. You guys know who we have? No, who do we have now? John Stewart. Oh, no right way. On. Yeah, one legend right into another. Isn't he dead? <laughs> dude. Oh, man. Oh, dude. Poor, poor John. Poor John. Grandpa Ninja. We've got Anthony Storm also, and he's the executive producer of American Ninja Warriors. Awesome. We have Anthony. He's always so nice. I'm so excited to hear what he says. He wait, you got us. Anthony Storm to do the podcast? Oh, yeah. I can't wait yeah. to hear what he has to say. Oh, there's some secrets. Dirt. I've got dirt. I secrets? got dirt. Do you got the, the, the plans for the next year's obstacles? Oh, blueprints. All of them. Nice. Yeah. Thanks, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Now it's time for some tips. Great. Let's do it. Okay, guys, so this week I'm going to talk a little bit about obstacles and specifically training all obstacles. Even if it is an easy obstacle for you usually, 
I really recommend you go out there and still train it. Keep that muscle memory, you know, fresh and new and make variations of it where it's a lot harder than it is on the show or way harder than you'd ever think that they would make it and just get deficient. And I think what this does is not only does it make you better and more adaptive at anything new that they might throw at you and or they might tweak and even make the obstacles harder, but it also gives you that ability to run the course tired and or you, you never know what's going to happen. One year I had a torn calf muscle and an obstacle that could have been really easy for me, you know, all of a sudden is hard. So I recommend training all obstacles, even if they're easy, just work them into a, a course or make a harder variation of them. Um, I hope this works for you guys. And as always, let me know on social media, media what you guys want to hear and if these tips are useful to you. So Ninja Doc here, and I've got a special question from one of our fans, Sid Prater. Sid says, I liked your son who was on a couple episodes ago. My sons are five years old and two years old and love watching the show with me and listening to the podcast. When should they start fitness training and with what types of exercises? Thanks. Okay, Sid, that's a great question. And all of us in the Wolfpack as fathers, we've got good answers for you. The beginning. Start at the beginning. Start when they're zero, when they're born. Okay, well, maybe give them six months to you know get out of their grub stage. But seriously, it's never too early to start with exercises for kids. Now, maybe you don't want to go hardcore Olympic-style exercises, but I'm talking just being active, walking around in the backyard, trying to climb stuff, trying to move around. At two years old is definitely old enough to start trying to do some ninja obstacle stuff. Just check out on YouTube what all these two-year-olds are doing. It's unbelievable. I've seen videos of two-year-olds doing flips. It's really, really amazing. And so if you want to make a superhuman being, you just start them early, and that's the best way. Now, specific exercises. Now, for five-year-old, we have the Wolfpack Ninja Cub Training Manual, which you can get off of iBooks, the iBook store with your iPhone or iPad. And that is written for kids. You can read it with your kid. And it's really basic stuff like how to do push-ups, how to do sit-ups, how to start a really easy training regimen. So get your kids going. Get them out there. Go ahead. Just make up creative little obstacles in the backyard. I mean, there's a million things you can do with little pieces of wood. And just try and have your kids start training agility from an early age. And the other thing is bring them out to a Wolfpack Ninja Tour. Again, we're going to be starting a Kickstarter, launching it here on August 15th. Please contribute to the Kickstarter and bring your kids out to these Wolfpack Ninja Tours. We're going to have amazing obstacles for kids of all ages, and we'll be teaching your kids how to become a full-on ninja. I do think nutrition is very important, especially for athletes, because you really have to fuel your body to make it as strong as it can be. I believe in eating good foods. I try to eat as organically as possible. When it comes to eating, I listen to my body. I Sometimes I'll eat a big meal because I'm that hungry, and other days I might not be as hungry, so I'll eat half of what I ate the night before. Who knows? It just depends, and who knows if I snacked in between, like all of that. But I just kind of listen to my stomach, and once I'm full, I stop eating. I don't overeat. If I feel a little more hungry one day, I don't feel bad about eating more because it just means that my body wanted 
more. And I do think it's important to kind of listen to your body and to never feel guilty about what you're eating because I think I think it's important to have a healthy relationship with food because it is good for us. We need it to survive and you'll be happier if you just enjoy what you're eating. I love food. It's definitely one of my favorite things. I love bread. I don't think there's anything wrong with bread. I think it's great. (laughs) Getting enough rest and getting good sleep is really important. I mean, just making decisions, uh, feeling snappy, thinking clearly whether you're working out or having to solve problems at your job. I think it's really important to to have good rest. Okay, great tips, guys. That's uh, some really good info. So we have some friends who want to tell you about a little something special that they made. Are you thinking about trying out for A&W? Do you watch the show, and are you inspired by how in shape the competitors are? Are you just looking for a fun, new, easy way to work out? How about you don't fall in the water by taking this amazing parkour course? Check it out. I'm your instructor, Justin Schaefer, competitor on NBC's hit show, American Ninja Warrior Season 4. I am honored to have the opportunity to take you through our course, Ninja Warrior from Scratch, designed to help you master obstacles at an unprecedented rate. Whether you're training for an obstacle course race, trying out for the television show, or simply just looking for a fun outlet, we'll get you there with our foolproof drills, overlooked tips and tricks, and highlight some common mistakes via slow motion breakdowns and filmed in multiple angles, and so much more. We cannot wait to show you everything we have inside. Ninja Warrior from scratch. That seriously sounds awesome. Sign me up. Sign the Ninja Doc up. I'm psyched. Hey, go to our website. Go to our show notes, and there's links to get on their mailing list. This course is going to be an incredible video tutorial. Uh, You need this to get good at parkour. I need it. (laughs) Check it out. It's on our show notes under Casey Catanzaro Part 2. Well, thanks for joining another edition of the Wolfpack Ninja Podcast. So good to have the one, the only the amazing Casey Catanzaro on our show and to join us here. Unbelievable. Next week, we have John Stewart. He is super awesome. Don't forget, we've got a Kickstarter campaign coming up August 15th. We're launching. Please uh, tell your mom and dad, tell your friends, tell anybody you know who could contribute a little bit to the cause. We're trying to fight childhood obesity and diabetes by setting up these amazing Wolfpack Ninja Tour obstacles all over the country. We're coming to a city near you. Do you want to come and hang out with the Wolfpack and run obstacle courses just like you see on American Ninja Warrior? Join us. Help us out with our Kickstarter. We'll be posting all kinds of information on it soon on our social media. Thanks, guys. See you next time. Thanks so much for joining the Wolfpack Ninja Podcast. If you liked it, please tell a friend. Subscribe and rate us on iTunes. It would mean a lot. Remember to visit our website at www.wolfpackninjas.com and join us on social media. We are on Facebook and Twitter at Wolfpack Ninja and on Instagram at Wolfpack Ninja Warrior. Join us next time for another exciting episode with your favorite ninjas and informative health tips. Let's get to some tips.
No, no, no. Just, dang it. We're, <laughs> we're doing the first part of the episode. Wait, wait. She's doing the interview first. Yeah, we got to do the interview again. Oh. All right, great. Well, let's get to some tips. That kind of sounded bad. Can I redo that? Yeah. Okay, guys. Okay, ready? Okay, someone give me like a go. Okay, go. Three, oh, go. Don't let failure keep you down and use it to make you stronger. 